Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. Twitter has a space for every part of life. Political sections, sports sections, entertainment sections, so on and so forth. It might surprise you to know that UMass Twitter has its own small but extremely passionate section of Twitter and the internet, especially when it comes to UMass athletics. Eli Sloven is not the largest name in UMass Twitter, but he is absolutely heard. I talked with Eli about his Twitter fame and more importantly, what UMass means to him and why he loves the school and their athletics. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally from Amherst, my dad, Grew up in Amherst, went to UMass, stuck around. I grew up in the same house he grew up in. And so just UMass fan, born and bred. Oh, day one, dude. I, I've been going to games since I was like, well, probably my whole life. I can remember as early as three years old, but probably my whole life. Yeah, it was kind of weird because a couple months ago on Twitter when you were talking about deciding which college to go to and UMass versus Penn State, and it was kind of off-putting that you weren't immediately going to UMass. I mean, I, you want to hear about that? I can yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'd be happy to get out of my comfort zone, right? Like that, that's a big thing. But then I really started to think about it. I was like, I have an extremely unique opportunity at UMass. Like I did the, the radio thing at the last basketball game for, for you guys. And I, I just, I never would have done that right in high school while I was at Penn State, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, hey, I went, I saw these schools, I saw these towns that, you know, totally live and breathe the school. And I know that that's not where Western Mass is at right now. And certainly not where Amherst is at. And being a kid from Amherst who, I would say I had some influence on my high school. I don't really want to sound cocky or anything, but I, people listen to me when I said stuff. I learned that very quickly. Um, and so I definitely want to try and find a way to, to have a UMass flag at every store downtown on Saturdays, to get the hotels having UMass flags, to just, if I could in the next four years, be even 50% of the way to where State College is in terms of UMass, the UMass area being, you know, enthralled in UMass, then that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like that, whether or not I went to UMass, I was always going to love the school. I always will love the school. I just want people to love it as much as I do. And granted, that might not be the case, but we, you know, we're in a community where we value education and we have a, a one of the best schools in the world, not only at UMass, but, you know, Amherst College is top tier school. Like we're talking probably top 10 in the world, right? And so if we could find a way to just embrace those two communities and especially UMass athletics, right? Like I said, it, we're entering the Renaissance here. Hockey team got cut short. I think they could have made it to the Frozen Four again. Basketball team, definitely poised to make a run they had last year. Football team, obviously we got a few years, but I feel like, you know, with Coach Walt Bell in there, and obviously no one wants the season to get canceled. To have that extra time for these guys to get ahead at UMass for, for football, it, it can't hurt, right? I mean, to be able to get stronger and bigger and, and you know, they're a young team. Having a, a built-in redshirt year might not be the worst thing, 
right? So I think that team is definitely on the rise in the cross team. Everything about UMass athletics, I think, is headed in the right direction. And really what I feel like I want to do and what I can do is try and bridge the gap between the Amherst community and the UMass community and just get people to embrace UMass like they do in Syracuse with Syracuse, like they do in State College with Penn State. I think that that ultimately is something that, and I, obviously, I, you know, Eisenberg School of Management is a great school. That's where I'm going. I think it's, you know, definitely a strong move and it might have even been the best business school of all the schools I applied to. But, you know, being able to have an opportunity to try and grow the UMass brand per se is something that was really exciting for me. I mean, I, dude, I was on the news yesterday, <laughs> the first day of school, like if I'm in Penn State, I'm not going on the news. And honestly, how I ended up on the news, I don't really know. I blame Twitter. I'm I, not blame. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. But there, I just have all these unique opportunities that I wouldn't have anywhere else. So ultimately, that's what led me to choosing UMass. Twitter is very much where you've kind of made a name for yourself. When you started out, was were you just you know some high school kid like tweeting, or was you know when did you kind of make that like mindset like oh this is. I am going to be Mr. UMass Twitter, you know? How, how'd that come out? Well, Mr. UMass Twitter is critic stage. Let me that, that's fair. That's fair. Mr. Mr. UMass Twitter Jr. Yeah, okay. So I was always saying, Mom, can I get a Twitter? Can I get a Twitter? Because I was always reading the UMass Hoops message board, you know, outside looking in. I ultimately made an account for that. She was always like, no, no, you don't need a Twitter. You have Instagram. You, no, you don't need a Twitter. So Monday, January 25th, 2016, I think, yeah. I got hockey practice at the Mass Mutual Center, going down the ice, doing a drill, collide with this kid that's probably like four foot seven, right? My hand goes straight into his helmet and he goes down and I finish the drill. And once I finish the drill, I'm like, damn, my wrist kind of hurts. I look down, I'm like, oh my God, my arm is just like, this hand was over here. I ended up with a fractured dislocation of my right wrist. So I looked down like, coach, I think I broke my wrist. Obviously there were some expletives mixed in. You, you know, I was freaking out a little bit, but my dad comes running down. It was the one practice my dad actually stayed for to watch. He's like, what's going on? And my dad's a basketball guy. He never played hockey. He doesn't know how to skate. And so he's freaking out, hops over like the, the bleachers or whatever, comes to the locker room. I got ice on him, you know, kind of loopy. Got four dads just untying my skates, just throwing it in the bag. And we were right by Bay State, so we go into Bay State. They set my wrist. I got all the people calling me while I'm in the hospital. Um, and then the next day, I'm like, Mom, you know, I'm not going to be in school this week. Broke my wrist. Uh, can I get a Twitter? <laughs> and she, so... She was like, you know what? And I'm like, you didn't let me get any painkillers. You know, I'm just taking some Advil. I'm in a lot. Of, can I just get a Twitter? And she's like, fine. Yeah. You didn't okay. ask for a bit. You didn't ask for a $70 video game. You just said, can I get a Twitter account? Yeah, I, I got my PS4 sitting right here. I use it for movies. I can't figure out how to play video games to save my life. But she's like, yeah. So I go on and my first tweet I send, I sent it. I tagged Bamford and I was like, Hey, are there any plans to update McGurk or the baseball stadium, blah, blah, blah. You know, what's what's the deal? And like five minutes later, he responds and he's like, uh, we got stuff in the works for McGurk, but 
no plans for baseball right now. And all of a sudden, all these people with these UMass related names, I think Mike Trainier, Traiani, I don't know how to say it, shout out to him, but he followed me and all these other people started following me and I'm like, damn, this is, you know, there's actually a community here, what's going on? I was just kind of, you know, taken aback because my whole life I had always been the biggest UMass fan I had known, right? And all of a sudden I'm seeing on Twitter that there's people that love it as much as I do. So that was just crazy. And so, but so I started going at it and then I don't really know how it just kind of, it just kind of went from there. I mean, probably biggest funny moment was sitting in rafters, RIP rafters. It's the summer after sophomore year, after a mantle baseball game. I think probably, I don't know, like nine o'clock. We, us in the Mills, who my best friend JB Mills played baseball, we'd usually shut that place down. And so we're in there and UMass had just, the hockey team had just gotten uh, Kale McCarr and Ferraro to sign or something like that. Or no, he had just gotten drafted. Kale had just gotten drafted and Mario had just gotten drafted. And so sitting at the other table is the whole hockey staff, right? And so Coach Mills, which is JB's dad, he had known Coach Carvel from, you know, when he was at Amherst College uh, in the 90s or something like that. And uh, as the hockey coaches are getting up to leave, my dad's like, hey, coach, you know, great job with the draft picks. And he comes over. This is after they had a horrible year, right? So I, obviously Coach Carvel would do this now. He's the man. And I've gotten to know him over the course of the last few years. But uh, comes over and he's shaking everyone's hand and we're all introducing ourselves. I'm like, hey, Eli Slovin, how you doing, coach? He's like, whoa, wait, you're Eli Slovin? I thought you were some 40-year-old sitting behind a keyboard at a computer. Wait, what? And I'm like, Nope, that's me. I am the one from Twitter. Uh, and so he was like, what is going on? And so I had never really revealed my age until I think I like met Curry Hicks Sage at, uh, you know, the Georgia game at the Maroon Pant game was when people started realizing like, what, this kid's in high school? What is going on? So that, you know, it, I don't really know how it kind of, I, I wouldn't say it blew up. I only have like 800 followers, but when the hockey team went to the Frozen Four, I would tweet stuff after every win about, you know, whatever record they broke. And those tweets would always get some impressions, yeah. So people would start following me there and start tweeting about the Red Sox a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I have to, it's, it just kind of happened. I, I don't know. I always say I broke my wrist, got a Twitter, and then got this jacket and became an addict. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, especially compared to a lot of the other big UMass Twitter alums, you're 20 to 30 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm probably the youngest one that actually is involved regularly. Is it weird knowing that people know you from Twitter? Or, you know, like if you go to a hockey game or a basketball game, you just kind of, you know, if you're talking to people next to you, you're like, wait, are you like, you know, they'll, they, they might recognize you or know you. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, the weird part is seeing what a diverse group of people are on Twitter, right? Like, a lot of people know me because I've been going to games forever, right? Like, in our section and stuff like that. But, you know, just meeting the randos, you know, have a fake Twitter name or whatever, because uh, I have my real name, it's definitely 
you know, I'm a little bit taken aback when I go and I'm, someone's like, hey, wait, you're the kid from Twitter. And it's, it's classic because Colton Mitchell, who just started his YouTube channel, is blowing up in Florida. He had like, you know, people just recognizing him. And I was like, wait, that's happened to me. And I only have 800 followers on Twitter. What is what made me realize there's actually a community of people that pay attention, right? I was at the hair salon one time and the hair salon where I need to go back to it. It's getting a little long. I don't go to the barber, I go to a salon. Shout out Sheila at Hair by Harlow. Does a great job. I'm in line and I'm paying and they're like, all right, have a good one, Eli. And I turn around this lady who's like, has her daughter there. She's like, wait, are you Eli Sloman? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I always play it off as if I know the person. I'm like, hey, good to see you, how you doing? I don't know any of these names, right? And so she's like, hey, you're from Twitter. I'm like. Yeah, I guess, you know? If winter sports do happen, and UMass allows fans into the Mullen Center, you can bet big that Eli will be there. Who knows what Amherst will look like in four years? But if half the storefronts have UMass flags, you'll know exactly who is responsible. I'm Jesse Kolodkin for WMA News. Thanks for listening. Markey's desk was thrown out in the hall by the state house bosses because Markey fought to make judges work full time. Markey's bill is now the law. How to court the youth vote seems to be every Democratic campaign's imperative this election season. Biden and Kamala Harris are coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons, or at the very least, some yard signs are from the Biden-Harris campaign. So the party is struggling, but one candidate, a 74-year-old incumbent who's worn the same tattered sneakers for the last decade, managed to not only tap into, but supercharge the political power of young voters. His following has carved out its territory on Twitter, holy ground where devotees shared memes and mobilize links to ensure the re-election of one of the originators of the Green New Deal and Medicare for All. They call themselves the Markeyverse, and in his victory speech, Senator Ed Markey offered them this. Tonight's victory is a tribute to those young people and to their vision. They will save us if we trust them. We must look to them, listen to them, we must follow these young people. They want justice in our country and in our world. When they say slow down, go faster. When they say not now, start that day. When they say not that way, redraw the map. When they say you're too young, show up with your friends. Every reason the critics and cynics offer to give up or give in is proof positive that you should push forward and hard. One of the groups propelling the Markey campaign forward is the Sunrise Movement, the group behind the three-minute political spot that's garnered more than 3.8 million views on Twitter, the Green New Dealmaker. Well, they call me the Dealmaker. Here's Varshmi Prakash, 
co-founder and executive director of Sunrise Movement, addressing the 2,000 virtual attendees of Markey's election night celebration. And so young people have two choices in the face of a, such atrocity. You can agonize or you can organize. And by God, in this election, young people organized. Don't agonize, organize. When the COVID crisis hit and stay-at-home orders were placed into effect, that mandate started seeming like a cruel impossibility. But a coalition of young voters, inexperienced in the way of field organizing but versed in the language of the web, began rallying around its progressive figurehead. I spoke to Jenny Chen about the role of Students for Markey in generating online traction for the senator and about its legacy in galvanizing young voters. I should disclose that Jenny and I are close. We went to high school together in Markey's hometown, Malden, Mass. She volunteered for the Warren campaign our senior year. They even flew her out to Iowa during the primaries. And that's when something sparked. I know from high school that you were flown out to Iowa, right? Yeah. Driven out. Somehow you reached Iowa. (laughs) Somehow I got to Iowa. How do you think experiencing the contrast between local, very granular politics and electoral politics, uh, how formative was that experience for you? Iowa was personally life-changing for me. Um, So the skills that I learned and all of the ways to effectively field organize that Team Warren had taught me were things I carry with me into Team Markey, and that's how I contributed to the building of Students for Markey. What are the concrete, actionable steps that Students for Markey took to contribute to Senator Markey's re-election for anyone who's not familiar with the work that you guys do? Um, So we made so many calls. We hosted a phone bank, sometimes two, every single week. Um, Sometimes it would have, I believe, a few hundred um, phone bankers near the end. Um, Students for Markey hosted events that, you know, we did kickoff calls and we hosted birthday party for Ed and we did like rally kind of events that really bring people in and then we would use that momentum and shift off of it. Um, we also would carpool together to safely go to Ed Markey bus tour stops and, you know, just be in that crowd on the grass, listen to Ed talk and just being there in person and at, you know, for example, the Gracie's event, which was a fundraiser for Black Lives Matter Boston. Um, we end up talking to voters and asking them to vote safely by mail on the line. We organized everywhere. And it was just so important that we found a way to do that in spite of the pandemic and to find a way to do it beyond just the Twitter presence. But I think what people don't realize is that it wasn't just internet, you know, it wasn't just internet noise. It wasn't just a bunch of kids who loved Ed Markey and just kept posting about him. I think sometimes a youth vote, young people is split or two online activism. But what I think the public doesn't see is that that online activism is just the energetic 
surface of the work that we do. Populating that energetic surface were dozens of niche accounts dedicated to extolling the senator's progressive values and hyping him up in his comment section. At face value, accounts like Hot Girls for Markey and Quabbin Reservoir Residence for Senator Ed Markey can seem flippant and inconsequential. But Jenny says they were neither attempts to denigrate the political process or a coordinated campaign strategy. The accounts proliferated the way they did because young organizers willed them to and were willing to put in the legwork. The, the account names are kind of like jokes, but the people behind them are very much serious organizers. Still, the how question remains. Not how did they do it, but how did he do it? How did a relatively unobtrusive junior senator secure such a zealous following? Um, and for me, it was, you know, who is this person that comes from my hometown, my community? and never forgets that place, you know? He doesn't, you know, scream from the rooftops. He just quietly makes your water clean and makes sure you have a planet to live on in 10 years. So in the words of AOC, when it comes to progressive values, it's not your age that counts. It's the age of your ideas. Fairer taxes, more jobs, better health care. Markey's bill is now the law. Hello listeners, my name is Andrew Betancourt, and I'm the news operator at WMUA News. And I'm the news editor, Bonnie Chen. You just listened to the WMUA News podcast, and yes, I said podcast. For as long as anyone can remember, WMUA News has been reporting on current events every day of the week from 5.30 to 6 o'clock p.m. But due to new restrictions on campus, our access to the studio is very limited. Our station is unable to broadcast live, and we're relying exclusively on pre-recorded content. Enter this podcast. Because of our restricted access, we here at WMUA News are shifting to a new form of audio broadcasting, podcasts. This gives us a chance to dive further into long-form audio storytelling, from how students are adjusting to new conditions on and off campus, to how local businesses are functioning following lockdown. We are a student-run production with limited experience in podcasting, but we will still be telling stories while also working within the guidelines and social distancing parameters advised by our university. Our young and talented group of Newsies will be bringing you the latest from the comfort of our respective homes. Our potential is boundless, and this is a new frontier we're exploring with you, our listeners. So tune in every Wednesday at 5.30 for our latest stories. You can also stream our content after it airs on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcasts. For updates on the program, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WMUA News. This program is made by Bonnie Chen and Andrew Betancourt. I'm Bonnie Chen. And I'm Andrew Betancourt. For WMUA News, this is Up Up to to the the minute. Minute. This program's music is provided by Matt Walsh and Dreamhouse.